Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 490 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello, everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello. And what do we have? What do we have uh, this, this, this week? Some oh, real good shit. We have some real good shit, actually, yes. Um, mm. we, we have uh, Evil Dead Rise. Not Rises, as I've been calling it for like the past eight months that we've been watching the fucking trailer for. Um, which, by the way, Boo- the Boogeyman is going to replace that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, well, Strays has already replaced that for me, but that's because it actively irritates me, that trailer. Yeah, just... I, I, the, the one the, one of the good things about doing Evil Dead Rise this week was I knew I wasn't going to watch the Evil Dead Rise trailer before it. Yeah. I was still a bit surprised we didn't. Uh, we're also going to cover Missing... Um, the missing movie from 2022 that came out um, this week, actually. Um, and little bit of what we've been watching. Uh, we've not watched that much because we were on holiday. Might even tell might even tell you guys a little bit what we've been up to. Might be a little bit of holiday chat. <laughs> um, nice. From that, might do a little review of our holiday. Uh, <laughs> and, and other bits. I, I, will, I will let people in on a shocking revelation of what happened in my uh, Football Manager 23 game. Wow. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, that was a whole drama for a bit, though, wasn't it? It was a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot um, about that. I was drinking beer and reading while you were going through that pain. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll have we'll have other bits that will come along. Um, go listen to our friend shows, including Rewatch Project, um, his film head movie, uh, Children of Butter, and, and other bits. What's the um, intimate landfill? Have changed their name, haven't they? To Gaming Landfill. Gaming Landfill. That's the one. Yeah. I knew it was something. I knew something with gaming. Just my brain was like, you know, my brain went a full the bus that couldn't slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right there. Uh, can I review my new cowboy boots? You can review your new cowboy boots if you want. Whatever not to. I got some cowboy boots. I did get some cowboy boots. It's very exciting. I've been after some for years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's yeah. So yeah. There we go. I feel like I've missed much in the introduction, but I'm not. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, Ian, what's been happening in the movie world this week? Well, should we should we address the thing we were just talking about? Yes, let's go. Yeah, okay. So a uh, little bit of a show announcement, and, and, and you know, um, so uh, and this is this is entirely me and uh, not Mark and Becky, but um, we've in discussion with Mark and Bex, they've been good enough to uh, uh, okay this, but. Um, uh, we're going to be stopping the Patreon, um, basically effect- effective immediately. And the, re- the reason why that is is because the next billing cycle comes around this coming Monday as we record, and I don't want people getting stiffed by it. So um, basically, the and I know we just started a marathon last week, so the, the timing is weird for that. Um, and yeah, like I say, it, it's a me thing. Um, I don't feel like I am putting in the work there to make it worth asking people for money. Um, Mark and Bex absolutely are. They're doing what what needs to be done there. But the, uh, yeah, I would feel better not doing that and having one less, you know, putting the show out already is a bit of admin and not having to do the Patreon and also not feeling 
under the cosh to watch things like for for that that purpose would very very much help with um me at the moment um and you know i i want to say thank you to all the patrons most most of whom have been with us since the start um and to anyone else who ever uh contributed and uh then decided not to a, a massive thank you to you as well uh but yeah it, it was um it it's not exact it wasn't exactly a life-changing amount of money that we were getting it was lovely that people were doing it um but it it's not something that's really gonna affect us or or the the, the main podcast um you know and we we were talking about it and um if anything, if we decide to do short burst marathons in the future, we just record them and put them up as a bonus show on the main feed, kind of like what we did before the before the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, um, and hey, a lot of podcasts are out there asking for your money, um, and a lot of them deserve it. And uh, we will be one less podcast asking for your money, but on the main feed, you'll literally see, if anything, just more content. Yeah. So, uh, but for free, uh, yeah, yeah, but for free, which is which is great, and it also makes me feel better knowing that you're listening it to it for free, so we don't owe anyone anything. Mm. I don't think we were, ever, we were ever interested in Patreon for the, the cash dollar. It was it was nice and it was always appreciated. It was more the the kind of opportunity that it, it gave us to do a little bit more, but we've just decided if we do have the opportunity to do a little bit more, we'll just give it to you for fucking free. Yeah. yeah it, sorry, Bex. No, no, I was just agreeing. You know, if it's, you know, it's it, a big section, we'll do it as a bonus show. If not, we can incorporate it as a section in the main show, can't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was like, at, at the time we were thinking like, well, you know, if we earn enough, then it means we can do more recording in person and things like that. You know, we we had some hypothetical plans about what we were wanting to do with it and it just it you know it it didn't come to pass and that that's okay you know um you know could could we have increased the amount of money that we were asking people for yeah probably yeah you know two dollars a month was not a huge amount but then is that fair on the people who got in at the two dollars a month you know all sorts of those questions so I, i i'm just yeah like i say it's it was fully me just ripping the band-aid off. Um, but like I say, in terms of the main feed, if anything, you'll just have more content in the future. Yeah. There we are. Public service announcement over. <laughs> um, so, and and again, thanks to Mark and Becky for being supportive of it. Um, so, what's been happening? Um, some... So, Austin Butler's going, like, bald as fuck for June Part 2. Mm-hmm. I... I don't think I was expecting that. Sting isn't he playing the the, the guy the guy who was Sting in the Lynch, or uh, Sting played the guy in the Lynch. I think so, yeah. So that's a choice then. But he's got such lovely hair. Who's think... Sting? <laughs> Ozzy Butler. He does. It's all gone. That's not he, good. He's as he's as bold as a. Very bold man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, so th- there's that. Um, Ryan Gosling said that um, he's hoping, he thinks he's bringing the Kennedy to Barbie. Um, so it's, we it's, all look forward to that. Also, um, 
I, I always enjoy uh, red yes, carpet. Yes, he is playing the Sting character. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Oh, cool. like promo, promo Ryan Gosling because mm. he just seems like, like he he just enters. I'm gonna be in piss turkey mode for this for the entire time. If he's doing anything that's like first man or anything like that, he's in sharp suits and going like suave. If he's in anything that's a little bit more kind of like tongue in cheek, he just goes full goofball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the nice guys ones were just genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about his like IRL persona, though. He always comes off as quite smug. Ryan Gosling? Yeah. I think you would be quite smug if you were Ryan Gosling. Uh, yeah. I'd, but I think you'd be quite I, smug if you were Austin Butler as well, and he's not. I think one good thing about, about Gosling is <laughs> he literally, he does like the films, and he has like a period of like, 14 months where he'll do like four, they'll have like four movies out mm. and then he fucks off for two years and you hear nothing about him. Mm. It's like Shaggy. <laughs> where like Shaggy would only record an album when he just needed the money and he was very open about that. He's just like, yeah, I've run out of money. Yeah, so go. I'm going to do another one. That's got Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and that's it. And it's like, he it's very rare him and Ava Mendes ever turn up at anything together. Mm. And, you know, they have things like they have, like, the injunctions against any photos been taken of their kids and bits like that. Oh, but they're real pretty kids. And he's, and, you know, he's come out and said, um, it's great having these indu- in, in, in injunctions where they can't photograph you, not even not even just your kids, but you with your kids. <laughs> because if you don't want to get photographed, you should take your kids out. <laughs> yeah. It's that Easy. real close to <laughs> They can't crop it. Well, what's it just to say to me? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, considering how much you see of Ryan Reynolds, you never see anything about yeah. his kids, do you? Because they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to. What is it? The, he gave like when uh, his kids were at the match, the Wrexham match, uh, and he was photographed with them. It was you. The only photos you saw were the uh, the official Wrexham photographers' photos mm. because Reynolds had given him permission to take photos of the kids with him at the game. Yeah. But everybody else was not given permission. Nice. Um, okay, so also the Ezra Miller reclamation project appears to be in full swing. Um, the Flash screened at CinemaCon yesterday, as we record. And, um, yeah, people seem to be saying good things about Miller um, I think Steve Weintraub, who's like a Collider cr- critic on Twitter yesterday, said, oh, you know, they've had their problems, but he's really good in it. And it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about the trailer in a bit, but I really, 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 really hope that the the media doesn't just give it a free pass because they want to stay friendly with Warners. Um, I I feel like journalists maybe need to actually be journalists on this one. Yeah, it's one of those... I don't think anybody at any point has suggested that that, that Ezra Miller is not a very good actor. I I don't think anyone's said that. I think what they've said is (laughs) that they are a terrible person. (laughs) Mm. And, And there is a little bit of a... The thing is, there's a lot of people work on, on movies and 
you've got to look at, at a more holistic picture than that. But if they weren't having the issues that they were having for the past two and a bit years, we'd all have already seen this movie. Mm. You know, this isn't a movie that was that is being delayed still because of COVID. It, it was because its lead star was involved in some quite as seemingly quite dangerous situations for people that weren't them. Mm. You know, that are still ongoing. <laughs> you know, they are still legally pending. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's quite. almost a little bit like they've gone, get it the fuck out, get it in cinemas, and then, then we can go buy and wash our fucking hands of them. It, it just, there's going to be some real separating the art from the artist stuff when it comes out, and I feel like there's going to be people twisting themselves in knots where usually they're not prepared to separate the art from the artist, very much will be in this particular case. Well, well, well should we segue nicely into trailer chat with that? Sure. Um, and say, I, I'll, I'll say the Flash trailer, um, yeah, this movie looks like it will be one of the best comic book movies ever made if it was still 2002. I, I think mm, that's a bit go on, ungenerous. I think it was crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like the last trailer. I think this looks like shit. It looks like messy as fuck. Shit. I'm watching it going, what, Supergirl? Where are you? Where have you come into all this? Because he's altered shit, and if I going back in time. Don't just introduce a Supergirl to us and just go, this is Supergirl. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some fucking context in the movie. I just, I'm watching it going, right, so it's the Flash movie. But it's actually two Batmans, a Supergirl. Um, I, I just I don't care. I'll watch it, but I don't care. The trailer makes it look like it's going to be quite confusing. I'm sure it'll make an awful lot more sense in in reality. I I like the Flash as a character. I think I think the, the movies that he's been in so far, it's it's a good, it's a well developed, well fleshed out character. So. I'm actually, I'm actually quite looking forward to this. Am I looking forward to it as much as I would be looking forward to the, the fucking sequel that's teased at the end of Zack Schneider's Justice League mega film? No. I need to see that post-apocalyptic bullshit. But this is what we've got. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it more than fucking Guardians 3. It... Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think I'm maybe slightly in the middle. I think, I, I think it. I thought the trailer was really good, but the it does feel there's a bit of a reliance on just Michael Keaton saying you want to get nuts, let's get nuts, mm. and things like that. Uh, you know, and it is, yeah, you know, and I, I, I am wary of that. I really, really hope Supergirl is a good Supergirl. Um, it would be great if Supergirl takes off before we get J- James Gunn's Superman, new Superman. I'm up for a world where Supergirl is more in the public consciousness than Superman. I would be, except that it does look like the person who's playing it is an AI generator. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, that's that's where we're at. That, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I yeah, and I can't. I I don't think I disagree with that necessarily. 
Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was a decent trailer. It looks like a good summer blockbuster that's got a really, really complicated actor in the lead role, which is just a massive problem for it. Um, yeah. Well, has, yeah, we'll has, see. Has Shannon recorded new bits for this? Yeah, I think Sh- yeah, I think it's new Shannon performance because they would have just offered him a bunch of money and he would have gone, yes, please. There won't be that, any kind of care in that performance whatsoever, but a good paycheck. I do like the fact that when, when you go to IMDb to type in The Flash, <laughs> you get Ben Affleck, Michael Shannon, Michael Keaton... And Tamura Morrison as the top build cast. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's obviously been a conscious choice. Oh yes. <laughs> I just thought it was quite amusing. Mm. It, it it will be interesting to see how much screen time the Flash actually has compared to Batman and Supergirl. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, the thing is, I, I will go into it as always with a very open mind. I just don't. You sound like you're going to be going into it in a spectacularly open mind. Doesn't it, though? I think it's, I, but the thing is, I want to enjoy every movie I watch. Mm. So I, I'm going into going, do you know what? I'm not looking forward to this. Um, very similar to a movie we watched today. <laughs> but with an open mind. <laughs> what other um, trailers have we been watching? So we've got Insidious, The Red Door, the Patrick Wilson-directed Insidious sequel. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, massive uh, Becky Nip, this, isn't it? Absolutely. uh, Yeah, why not? And I like that Rose Byrne is back, and they, you know, it's obviously like, oh, Patrick, you're directing this one, okay, I'll be in it, Um, which is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I hope it's got some of the campiness that the first two had, especially number two. Yeah, but yeah, it looks alright, eh? It, it it looks like what a fourth Insidious movie should look like. Fifth, fifth, fifth. Yeah, there's yeah. Um, one, two, three, the last key, and then the red door. I quite like the last key. Last key's good. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I, I, last key's I, got Elise in it, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I I enjoy these movies. They're fun. They're very throwaway, but they're fun. They they're exactly as good as these movies need to fucking be. They're actually. Because, spoiler alert for what we've been watching, but the Red Door trailer has prompted me to say to Mark, oh, I could really watch the Insidious movies again. Mark go, yeah, we'll watch them a bit closer to the time, and me to make the conscious decision that I will watch them now, and closer to the time. Because, yeah. Because they they came out, Sinister, Insidious, The Conjuring, all came out around about the same time, didn't they? And I think... A couple of years between each other. And I think they kind of... Pulled at each other's glow a bit, if that makes sense. Like mm. they all collectively, it was like this massive fucking thing. But like they were all diminishing separately mm. each other's because people, normal people, only have so much of an appetite for horror. Yeah. Um. But I think the Insidious movies, I think as well, because Conjuring obviously is Patrick Wilson as well, it, that, I think that sort of, it kind yeah, of... Yeah, he very much became the horror guy. The horror guy. The mild-mannered horror guy. 
Um, but yeah, re- really fucking good on rewatch, actually. Um, number two, I don't find quite as compelling as number one. Um, but I'm getting to the point where it ramps up now. The bit where he starts like appearing at different points in his life, and then bits from the first one that are weird are explained by what's happening in the further in the second one. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Um, one directed the second one as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, because he did The Conjuring. It like, was massive. And then he just went back and did Insidious 2. <laughs> I think... I very much respect that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Sorry. Had, like, I think you had Conjuring and Insidious 2 both came out the same year, mm. I think. Mm. No one did Insidious to come out. Insidious was made before, but I think it came out, I think it came out that year as well, 2013. Yeah. Oh. Do, you know I, do you know what I also really yeah. respect about the Insidious movies? The fact that they kill off Lin Shay's character in the first one, but she's in almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously in the new one as well, isn't she? Yeah. She's on a videotape or some shit, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. They said after we watched the Red Door trailer, they really fucked up killing off Elise. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, they've managed to find a way to include her. So it's all good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm up for that. Yeah, very much so. Nice. Um, new trailer for Fast X. Yeah. Um, Just... It just looks like Momo is having a really good time, and that's. I think that's going to be enough for me with this. I'm, I'm kind of up for it in the sense that I'm going. My brain's going. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm up for a bit of fucking Uncle Vin's clearly being de-aged, so it's cost an extra thirty million dollars. <laughs> um, and come on, Uncle Vin, be honest. You've done a little bit of de-aging, haven't you? <laughs> um, but okay. It, it, it's a Fast and Furious movie. I'm sure it's going to be fun. I want I want it to be a little bit more fun than the last one. And from the trailer, it does look like it's going to be. I don't know how keen I am for the fact that they've got Paul Walker's character in there. But I also don't think that he would have done it without explicit permission from the family. The family. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, well, very much explicit permission it, Yeah, but I... I and- I just don't know how comfortable I am with it. But, the, the, but they have to come... Because he never died in the series, did he? So it's like it's weird no, they, that he's not been in them. They won't kill but, off in the series. Yeah, I know, but... The, so it's it, apparently the reason why Justin Lin left was because he was like, we can't do that. And, you know, like, respectfully. And I think Vin Diesel was like, "It, we're kind of doing this out of respect of keeping him in the films. Yeah. Um, You know, you can kind of get both angles, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think... From 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 what I have read, it was the the his daughter didn't want him killed off in it. Mm. Well, yeah, off screen. Logically, in a movie about driving fast cars, the way that he would die would probably be related to the way that he actually died. So mm. that would have been a bit shit. Yeah, she, she, she very much, I, I don't, I, that would feel uncomfortable. I feel more yeah. uncomfortable. Him him being constantly referenced as being dead in the movies mm, mm. So which they would have to keep on doing So, but by the same logic the fact that he is alive in the world of the Fast and Furious movies he can't just never turn up again like he's married to Vin's sister mm. well I mean like wasn't it the end of Fast 9 where it's like it ends with Vin Diesel being like an excited puppy because yeah. Paul's come into play yeah because he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's coming uh, round for a barbecue yeah, that's it. It's yeah. so fucking weird. So... And again, again, and I know I've said this on the podcast before, but it would be... Br- if Fast X can explain why 
the kid is called Brian when Brian is still alive in the films, I would really appreciate it. I think it's just because Dom's really heavy keen for Brian. Yeah. Call him Paul. Just call him Paul. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made more sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just call him Paul. It, yeah. I, I, and, I am most keen to find out what the fuck is going on with uh, Momoa's hair. During that the race. Momoa's hair is to, fucking in the race, incredible. yeah. Yeah, with the gold dangly bits. What the fuck I, is that? I, I, I'm just watching going, I need to see more of that hair. You know when girls in like the noughties used to like plait feathers and shit into their hair? Yeah. It looks like there's that kind of bar going on. It does, but I need to know why. I don't know whether you're going to get an explanation but, for that. But I, I also part of me hopes that we don't, that he just turns up with so, his mad hair yeah. and nothing gets mentioned <laughs> about it. <laughs> I've I've heard that like there's been some test screenings and stuff as well, and I've heard that he's playing it kind of weirdly androgynous, mm. where it's like he will like it will be like a like racer guy, like a bit of work, but also not afraid to just camp it up in terms of um, what he's wearing, mm. and like that that's a mix that I'm up for. Also, Jason Momoa at the start of that trailer. Walking up to those guys and just being like, "What up, dorks? What are we blowing up today?" That's the kind of energy that I need. Yeah, that, that's what oh, we what? need from this. Well, was it like you know, oh, you're blowing up a church, you're going straight to hell, or something like that? It's it just like that's 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 what we need. Um, and but apparently, like test audiences are like, it's decent, it's a solid entry. It also is very much the first part of a two-parter because apparently it just basically fucking stops. I've, I've, I've heard it, it, it very fucking cold ends, like mid, like fucking Hobbit 2 levels of just stops. Oh, I hate that though. I hate it when films do that. It makes me really angry. I'm, I don't like I, it. it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They've got, they got to milk this shit though, haven't they? Because... Um, you know, this will be the last one for a few years and then I bet Brian comes back. Like, as soon as Brian's able to get a driving licence, they'll be back with him and his mates and then Vin in the and role. Mm. It's going to happen. It's oh, going to yeah. fucking happen. They're going to have a next generation of Fast and Furious. Yeah. They will. Has to. Right, so Fast X. Looking forward to that. Only, uh, only like, four weeks away, I think, at this point. I think so, Yeah. Yeah. Um, got a lot of Fast and Furious movies to watch in the next few I'm weeks. Not really I, I can't do that again. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it like three or four times. I'm not doing it again. Not. Yeah, did it all before fa- uh, the Fast and the Furious, and did it all before Fast Nine. Yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah, not no. doing it. Might, might, might do. A, might do the last one and number five because apparently uh, his character originates from number five. Yeah. I'm just using it as an excuse to rewatch. That's it. fine. You can do that. Yeah, play, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What else have we got trailers wise? Um. So I actually completely forgot that the Equalizer Three trailer was out. Mark, I'm assuming you've watched this at the very least. Yes. We, 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 we're, we're actually halfway through rewatching the Equalizer as well, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, uh, I have also watched this. I I, I said at the very least. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like this is a boy trailer. Mark watched it. I said at the very least. Um, the thing is, I, I I forgot they were even doing an Equalizer three. 
Yeah. Um, until like a poster appeared pretty, and then a trailer appeared the fucking, next day. Pretty fucking easy to forget, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, who is asked for this? The thing is, the Equalizer was really good, and we're halfway through rewatching it, aren't we? Mm. And it's really good. Mm. And the Equalizer Two was, if I remember, better than anyone thought it was gonna be. Mm. And this looks fine. The, the, the weirdness of it is, like, the appeal of the equaliser was that he was just outwardly this real normal, placid guy who, you know, still waters run deep. Yeah. Whereas in two, and it would appear three, it, it, he's just this fucking, like, super badass guy. Oh, yeah. Like, that's obviously in his past in equaliser, and that's why he's got the skills to do what he does, but... Two and three are just... Uh, one's like an action movie in a way, but it's it's not really, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, it's, it's got action-y sequences, <laughs> but it's not, it's not an out-and-out action movie with, like, explosions no, and gangsters. No, it's not that. No, it's, and... not that. It, 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 it's more of a, 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 a thrill of the name than an action yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas two and it would appear three. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. I, I also like the fact that you've got a... Oh, look, it's them two back together from a different fucking movie <laughs> that isn't the equaliser. I did love that, though. Dakota Fanning showing up. Dakota Fanning turns up and you look at it going, Oh, they're back. Wait a minute. I was man on fire. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like they contacted mm. Chloe Grace for X people. And they went, Oh, she's busy. And they went, Oh, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what, though? Get, get the fanning girl put that one on fire I don't give a shit get the fanning girl anytime I see anything related to man on fire though it just makes me go we could do a Tony Scott marathon but we do that far too regularly yeah we do we watch a lot of Tony Scott movies yeah um, but yeah Equalizer looks looks good um, robots <laughs> um, yeah I I yeah, yeah um, I, I, I I said to Bex after this it's like yeah, go on, then I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. Who's I, the girl role in this? Yeah, it? I don't really like Jack Whitehall. Don't know why people find him funny. But I quite like Shirley Woodley and feel a little bit like she missed a bit of a... She was very ill and unfortunately it, it caused her to lose like 10 years of her career. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it looks, it looks really intriguing. Yeah. Both of them are just like sending out their robots into the world to live their real lives and then accidentally the robots end up falling in love. I think it's a really interesting concept. And then yeah. go rogue. Yeah. Game for that. Yep. Any others? Uh, no, I think, I think that's it, my end, actually. There's a biggie from your point of view. There is a biggie from my point of view. Oh, shit, is there? Yeah. White men can't jump's being remade. Oh, actually, yeah, sorry, I did watch this. I forgot, which maybe says everything. Yeah. I, the thing is, is it going to be anywhere near as good as the first one, as the original? No, because the original is a fucking masterpiece. Mm. Um, but again, just watching it going, do you know what? Yeah, fuck it, go on, I'll watch that. Yeah. Yeah. What have I seen him in before? Jack Harlow, I don't know, he's a singer, I think. Yeah, I think he is. Who is he? Yeah. But yeah, I'll. The thing is, I'll, I'll watch it. It's. I, I'm more of the case of going. Do you know what? 
I am fine with that bit of White Men Can't Jump remake that's going to streaming. Oh, Lance Reddick's in it. Yeah. Um, but it does seem to be taking a lot of the bit. The, the what is it? The um, Sidney Dean character, who isn't called Sidney Dean, uh, in it, trying to um, trying to smack talk and been really <laughs> bad at it. I thought it was quite a nice touch. Yeah. Um, I do think they're leaving it open to bring Harrelson and Snipes into it. Oh, it's cameos, do you reckon? Yeah. Do you think that'd be a bit cheesy, a bit tacky? I don't care. The fact that they, the fact that it's a it, it's a remake, effectively, mm. but they have not called them the same names. Yeah, yeah. Suggests that somewhere in their minds they've gone. Hang on a minute. Let's just leave That's it open point. if we can. Have them have them there. Mm. Um, what I don't think this will happen, by the way. But what would be a really what would be the holy fuck moment is in um, in White Man Can't Jump the way that they raise the funds to be able to play in the tournament mm. is by playing uh, King and Duck who are like the, the fucking the legends of that court mm. who have just come back to play for like a weekend if the legends of that court that they had to play that were just back for literally like a fucking one-off where back were uh, Billy awesome. Hoyle and Sidney Dean. Mm. That would be, and it was fucking Snipes and Harrelson. That would be fucking. Yeah, that would be quite. That good. would be for for fans of white men can't jump. <laughs> and and the weird thing is, it is both a. It's one of those very rare movies that was a. It, it was a commercial success, but has also got a really big like cult following as well. Yeah, it's you know it's it, it, it's one of those that it wouldn't surprise if at some point in the future it ended up randomly getting something like a like an arrow or a criterion release. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was it for, for for me as well. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, can't jump. Cost thirty one million dollars, and apparently about eight or nine million of that were fines they had to pay <laughs> because they kept filming on, they kept shooting on places they weren't supposed to, uh, and it grossed over ninety million dollars. Okay. Uh, I I just remembered I'm not hosting. Sorry. No, it's me it's myself. Right, let's let's Evil Dead Rise. Um, Written directed by uh, Lee Cronin. What did he do before this? The hole in the ground. <laughs> the bus that wouldn't <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Second reference for that in this show. Yeah. Uh, stars uh, Lily Sullivan, uh, Elisa Sutherland, and people, other people, and the voice of Bruce Campbell. Um, I'm going to read the the IMDb so we know what it's about. But of course, it's it's the Evil Dead, so. About evil deady things. Uh, evil dead. Right. Actually, it's not set in a cabin though. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for the survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Ah, just a story about family. Dominic Terrell's oh, not there. 
<laughs> he might have been. He might be one of the Deadites. Ian, Evil Dead Rise. What did you think? Oh, thanks. I hate it. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for my rating. Um, <laughs> it's very impressively made. Um, I thought the sound design was fucking incredible. Like, I don't know about your cinema, but the surrounds were constantly going in mine, uh, which was wonderful. Um, uh, best title card we'll get this year. Oh, that's a sexy title card. Yeah, it? it was very good, actually. Like, oh, yeah, ace. Um, it just... Really, really bleak. Um, <laughs> I think that's, you know... <laughs> Like I've seen some people, and you guys might say, say that like they found that there was like comedy in it and whatnot. Nah, mate, nah. I just thought it was really fucking bleak. It was just, um, you know, this kid. Like, I thought it was really smart that the kid doesn't like intentionally set it all off. It's like he tries to stop it. Mm. He kind of realizes bad shit's happening here. Actually, tries to stop it, and it is just too late. Um, I thought that was smart. Um, I think they they set it up really well at the start before anything happens. It takes a little bit of a while to get going, but I think it just adds to the oh god, this is horrible. Mm. You don't want to see this happen to these people because they're all right. Yeah, like the you mum's know. really nice. She's a yeah. really nice mum, and everyone's lovely, and and then and it, yeah. And it, yeah, it's just, it's it's horrible. So I didn't find this one fun like I didn't find the Fede Alvarez one fun. And I, but I appreciate it's very, very well made. The gore is brilliant. I think the performances are terrific. Like um, for, for, you know, an Evil Dead film. Um, I'll never watch it again. I left the cinema feeling like I needed to take a shower in bleach. Um, and but that that is absolutely what was intended. And me twenty years ago would be like, "This is film of the year." Now I yeah I just I'm I'm too old for this shit. I'm, I'm intrigued, but I I look. It's but but to be clear, it's I think it's a really 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 good horror film. It's just it worked too well for me. Fat yeah, just before I. The bit where the mum is trying to convince the girl to let her in and she's just like, me and your dad have got back together. He's over here. I love you, sweetheart. It's just like that kind of like manipulation of a kid. Mm. Like it, 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 it is like that extra level as much as you get like cheese grater being used on someone's leg and um, all the kind of like the gnarly shit that happens. It's that as well that just adds to that just really oppressively bleak atmosphere. I think Lee Cronin's made a really good horror film. I'm never, ever going to watch it again. Bex. Well, first off, I have a real serious question I want to ask. Go on. In a film as grim as this, mm-hmm. why is the grimmest bit involving a box grayer? Well, I, I, I think that <laughs> but what happened was literally every fucking horror filmmaker or writer out there watched Tenet and went, Shit. <laughs> Shit. Good call. Why have we never... Fucking done that. 
Yeah. And I, do you know why I think it is? Why it's so grim? Why it's so Because cheese like... graters look like they've really hurt. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think like, the bit where she gets staked in the face and the bit where she's crunching glass and all these other horrible fucking bits that happen, you can view them and you know that they would hurt, but you don't know how they would hurt. Like, most people have taken their fucking knuckles off with a grater at some point. Oh, yeah. And you can imagine how much that would fucking hurt. Oh, yeah, you, 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 can, you can go, right, so it hurt, oh, God, God, oh, my God, just do the math and the pain, it's, 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 it's excruciating. It made my legs go all wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I fucking loved it, to be perfectly honest with you. It, um, I think the closer we got to it coming out, the less I was looking forward to it, just because of the like ubiquitousness of that fucking trailer. Um, and it was a little bit, when, when we were watching it, the bits that were from the trailer, it was a bit like, ugh, they would have been really good if I hadn't heard them 20 times. Like, Mommy's with the maggots now is a really good line, but I've heard it too many times. Um, I think the way the voice work was done was really effective, with her voice, like, changing from her voice to the demon's voice and back, just, like, continuously through her speaking. Um, it just added to the creepiness really well um the story as well like most of the evil dead well with the exception of army of darkness but most of the evil dead movies kind of follow a bit of a formula don't they Mm. and this obviously subverts from that so that's um refreshing um i have to say i really kind of wanted to see that little girl as a deadite (laughs) (laughs) so maybe a terrible person I think you've got time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think in a movie that was so kid-centric as well, they all turned in really good performances. They could have all been really annoying. Yep. You not agree? I think the... Um, Danny and Cassie, the young kid, mm. were all right. Uh, I think the girl who played Bridget was a bit shit. She wasn't as good as the other ones. No. Was it Cassie or was it Callie? Cassie. Was it? Um, yeah, she was. She was probably the closest to annoying. Um, I was quite quite glad when she got staked through the head with them. Stabney. Stephanie. No. Stephanie. Stephanie. That's it. Yeah, when she goes with Stephanie. But yeah, I think even all the supporting cast, like the people that were in the other apartments, even though they didn't get an awful lot to do, they were like memorable enough. And I think the two sisters were really, really good. Mm. Yeah, the fact that they looked like sisters as well was quite good. It it made Mm. sense, yeah. Um, I think she was really. She had she had a, a lot of heavy lifting to do being the sort of main deadite through most of it, and I thought she she really did well with it because it could have teetered into funny. Hmm. It didn't. It was just scary. Like this, this is one of one of the few sort of genuinely quite scary movies that I've seen in a, in a really long time. Well, I didn't find there's, it scary. There's some really good scary bits, and it is endlessly unapologetically fucking grim as fuck and I just love that it is quite gnarly and quite nasty uh, I, I, the thing is 
I went into it really not looking forward to that element of it. I was just like, I just can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with something that is basically just going, oh, look at this, and then look at this, and look at this. And it felt a little bit like it was going to be like that. Mm. And it, 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 it was. <laughs> but in a way that I actually engaged with, I won't be as far as say enjoyed. Yeah. But I engaged with it and thought it all kind of made sense within it that was there. The it's fucking flimsy as fuck. <laughs> the oh, they stumble upon a book after an earthquake. An old bank ball. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like. I mean, I, what I was watching there was going. I mean. So hang on a minute. You the the, the church you have hidden this book <laughs> in essentially the, the bottom of a closed down bank and you've had it so it's got all of this protection and all my brain is going Hang on a minute though, there's a vault next to where you've put it. Why didn't you put it in the vault? It was in the vault. It wasn't in the vault. It was in the vault. When, they, when he dropped down into that hole, he was inside. Oh, he's in the, the vault. vault? Yeah. I didn't get that he was in the vault. Yeah, though. no, that's the inside of a vault door. That's not the outside of a vault door. I don't think that. That just didn't feel like there was that. It, but it was. All right, that's, that's fine. why all the safe deposit boxes were in there. I didn't see any safe deposit boxes. Were you even watching? I was, but I just, I, my eyes are not very good. So oh, that was the actual vault. Oh, so that was the inside of the vault. That's all right, and that makes sense. <laughs> that is, you're better but with it now. I'm still a little bit like, it could have better. I mean, a bank vault's fairly secure, generally. Clearly it won't. Clearly it took was a little earthquake. Generally. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was a little bit... But then again, that's nitpicking (laughs) of this same movie. It was good. It was gnarly. I like the fact that it was almost all one location, Mm. um, with the exception of you've got the the other... The the almost like, right, we're going to set up a sequel... But we're not going to fucking... The sequel is not going to be here. It's going to be what happened after this shit. But we're going to show you this shit. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but that's the fucking sequel. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. I like the, I, I, I like the idea that, that, that if this does get a sequel, which it probably will, that it's going to be that deadite girl and a bunch of deadites chasing down um, Beth, Cassie and Beth's newborn. Yeah. And that we've got like a new Ash there. Yeah, yeah. At the end when she picks up the um, chainsaw, I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit pandering. But no, what? do you know what? I'm actually fine with it. <laughs> yeah, and reading reading <laughs> that the, the Bruce Campbell voice cameo yeah, yeah. was the guy going, it's called the Book of the Dead, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> In the background. <laughs> and that apparently is Ash. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that apparently okay. is Ash. Nice. <laughs> Said. But yeah, I mean, um, her saying "come get some" yeah. was very weird in context. Yeah, but but you kind of going, but do you know what? Go on then. No, I I just and that's the thing. I'm not, and I think it was just the mood that the film put me in. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. Why would you be saying "come get some"? Like you'd be. Like, going through trauma right there and then, where it's like you're basically going to be killing your entire 
family apart from the little one who's been amalgamated into this giant beastie thing and you're saying come get some adrenaline ah uh, don't buy it adrenaline might have just made no, you go fuck this shit <laughs> but yeah I, I get yeah. it it's gotta be a midnight movie I'm sure like that gets cheers in some audiences nah I. but again it's because I thought it was bleak and apparently some people think it's funny so, I, 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 there thought, is funny I thought it was funny at points, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's not. Well, you, and, uh, yeah, fair enough then, you know. Like, yeah, I care more about humanity than you two. That's fine. <laughs> I think there's, there, there is intentionally, it's trying to have a bit of a laugh at points. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's what trying to be, I don't think it's trying to be... A comedy. Um, Evil Dead 3. No, no. <laughs> that was a weird fucking... Uh, but I think it, it's trying to have smile more. Moments where you go, oh, fucking all right then. Mm. <laughs> Within it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you... Oh, fucking... Fair enough. Go on then. Moments. Within it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, you know, de- definitely not shit. Oh, definitely not shit. It's it's I had, I had a good time with it to be honest. Yeah, you enjoyed it a lot more than you expected, didn't you? Yeah, which I'm glad about. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Definitely not shit. Oh, what's it? Our audience for? Did you put them up? I did. Yeah. yeah. Give me two seconds while I find it. Fucking taking forever to load. Definitely shit 75% and shit 25%. Fair enough. Yeah. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Hunter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? So before I get into missing, uh, what have we been up to, guys? What have we been up to here? Oh, um. Well, uh, okay, so I watched a couple of films, I but I, I also watched about half of the first season of Formula One Drive to Survive on Netflix. Um, so this show, yeah, about the Formula One season, the various teams and whatnot, is basically responsible for a resurgence in popularity in in F one. Um, I used to watch a lot of Formula One back Did in you? the day. Yeah, I see that. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's something I I. Really, really, uh, actively dislike for some reason. Mm. Okay, yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I think the 
way that it's both a test of driver power, but also their support teams. You know, like how how good the cars are, how good the pit people are even, you know. Um, I find like the whole having to work towards that goal quite compelling um, and just the amount of different variables that can be it can be thrown at them. Um, and, you know, it when the license went to Sky, I kind of dropped off it because I wasn't in a position to uh, to watch it or anything. But um, I, I now I, and I, I just got Sky Stream, which is their Sky through Wi-Fi thing. So I've got Sky Sports now and I'm, I'm planning on picking it back up again. But yeah, Drive to Survive is this Netflix show. It's like it basically positions Formula One both as in like a documentary sense, but also just in a bit of a soap opera sense, Pony, where it's like picking up threads of not not just like driver rivalries, but like things going on behind the scenes. So there's a couple of episodes that focus on um, Red Bull, uh, yeah, um, who had been doing really well in the early 2010s, then not so much. And their relationship with their engine manufacturer, Renault, who uh, also have their own team. And Red Bull kind of deciding, but you know, are Renault actually take, like putting their, their hearts into this in the way that we think they should for the money that we're giving them? Um, and uh, yeah, and then there's uh, Daniel Ricciardo, uh, this Australian driver who uh, drove for... Uh, Red, yeah, again, Red Bull, and he's trying to to decide. He's been with them since he was like in his teens, and whether he wants to move on or not. So it's all these soap opera threads, and it's not necessarily just like watch Lewis Hamilton win every race. It's not really that bothered about the race for like the top of the podium at all. It's about these stories that just come up within the season. and it, it, you know, it's been primarily focused on like mid and lower teams, which I thought was interesting, and it's it's kind of telling <laughs> di- like different stories, and like it, it some of the some of the footage is really unvarnished as well. Um, like so, there's when Red Bull decide not to go with Renault, and then it's like the Red Bull chief and the Renault chief um, walk like one of them walks up to the other. And, uh, like, they just have this, like, tete-a-tete. And it's, like, the most passive-aggressive thing you've ever seen. And they know cameras are on them and they just let it lie. And it's, like, it's not, like, a the only way is Essex thing where they've just, like, set it up for the camera and then write action. They just caught it in the moment. And you got... It's, like... Is it not like that? Because it, it, everything I've read about it sounds very much like... Hmm. None of it, I, none of it's staged, but it's edited in a way that makes it just as like TV drama compelling as possible. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it's like it. There, there's footage of like inside the cars and when shit goes, um, you know, when there's like a mechanical trouble, just the drivers just effing and jeffing. And, like, really, like, this is shit, guys. What the fuck? This isn't good enough. And it's like, whoa, wowee. Um, oh God, and there's this moment as well where this pit crew don't put this tyre on properly. And as soon as the car speeds off, the pit guy's like, I don't think that tyre's on. 
and then he speeds off and then like the tire basically just falls off and it, it, it and then it's like the repercussions of that and just this footage of this poor fucking pit crew guy having to explain himself to like the boss of the team um and it, it like and he's basically in tears and it's very real and it's raw and it, it yeah i don't know i it's very very compelling um and it's like it's my elliptical slash treadmill run in the uh, like watching the gym now and it's like i just i completely like focus in on it and it it makes the the, the workout easier uh, it's very very moorish and there's like five seasons and i'm halfway through the first one jeez it's been going um, for yeah yeah it, like this is the 2018 season that it's um that uh that it's fo- no the 2017 season sorry i think that it's focusing on and it's like when it gets into the covid season i like the machinations of how all that worked is going to be really interesting because i know like there was a lot of pressure like lewis hamilton was like saying what the fuck are we doing why are we still doing all this and like the like the corporate stuff just being like we've got to keep racing and like how that's all going to play out i'm like yeah it's i i'm finding it really 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 compelling um so uh yeah formula one drive to survive uh in, and then in terms of films uh so i watched rewatched bergman island um uh you know and i'm i'm just a horny little bitch for this film to be absolutely honest with you you can say it's not a Mia, since you last watched it, is it? No, no, it's not. But Mia Vasikowska, Mia Wowsikowska, more like. <laughs> um, uh, it, it just, yeah, I, it, yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of sexual tension in that film. And when it pops off, I, um, I'm, I'm happy to pop off myself. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's a great film. It's really well acted. But also, it, it it's just dirty old man me. Um, <laughs> it's one of those ones I keep meaning to get to, and then not. Should I mean to get to it a bit quicker? I mean, mate, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all your speed. If I'm being absolutely, you know, I'd be fascinated to see what you think. Um, but it it feels like more of a me film than a we film. I'll see if I can move it up the list a little bit more. Because I say I've, I have, I've hovered over it quite a few times and then just gone. No, I need to. No, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for another day. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. Oh God, what was Noel's review on Letterboxd? Because it does make me laugh. Where is it? Um. Oh, I need to find this. Hang on. Oh no, you absolute. Oh, there it is. No bras on Bergman Island, three and a half stars. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so, yeah, Bergman Island. Uh, also watched the original Planet of the Apes. Um, again, uh, that film is nuts. It's great. <laughs> it's just like the first half hour is Charlton Heston laughing at people who are talking about how much they care about humanity. Um, and then it turns into like a legal thriller with people with ape masks on. Um, it's great. I love it. Jerry Goldsmith just 
doing some incredible shit with the music. Um, and that ending still like hits. The ending is fucking brilliant, isn't it? It, it it's so good because it's like the dawning realization of hang on even if you know it like like the clues as to what's going on because they do a good job at the start of really making you think that it's not earth like because it doesn't really like it doesn't really make sense in terms of like their mission there's atmospheric conditions that are just not of earth um but then it like slowly but surely it's kind of introducing these these things and it kind of builds and builds and then yeah the statue of liberty and like charlton heston really sells the shit out of it um so yeah very very good um and then uh final one for this week um so uh the spiderwick chronicles oh um, <laughs> Yeah, watched it. Uh, we watched it with lots on Friday night, um, and yeah, she was just locked in like the entire way through. And that film moves as well. Yeah, Isabel fucking loved this movie. Mm. It, it just—it's a lot of. There's a lot of exposition, but it's kind of like while things are happening. There's not a lot of them sitting down and talking through stuff. It's like they'll be talking, but also preparing things, and it. it it's a yeah, it's it's a kinetic film, and it does slow down a couple times, but then it like really ramps up the emotional stuff, like the um the the old woman whose like dad got carried off by fairies, and then she was deemed mad because she was saying my dad got carried off by fairies, but he fucking did, mm. you know, and like it, it, it that that yeah that works, um yeah, really really solid family adventure film is the Spiderwick Chronicles. I'm sad they de- they never did any more of them. Mm. Uh, and also yeah, Seth Rogen. It just Sorry? Didn't, it just it, it didn't quite click and didn't make enough money for the amount it cost. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, if that Seth had Rogen we were kids, though, do... that would have been massive. Oh yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, 100%. If that film came out in the 80s, it would be like talked of now. Mm. You know what? Yeah, one hundred percent. And just to say, like Seth Rogen, absolutely doing that. If you're going to get me to voice an animated character, I'm not doing a voice. I'm I'm just doing me. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong sounds exactly the same as Hog Squeal in the Spiderwick Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Bex, what have you been watching? Oh, I'm really glad you watched Spiderwick. <laughs> And enjoyed it. That, that makes me really happy. Yeah, we've we've seen it a few times before. It was um, the Donna and I had it on Blu-ray back in the day. Yeah. Um, but we uh, we picked up a trial of Paramount Plus, and it was on there. It was like shit. Lots is going to be up for this. Oh, you're the Paramount she, Plus subscriber. She was. <laughs> Sorry. You're the Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, Plus I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I am single-handedly funding Yellowstone. Yeah, because for a while it was me. <laughs> I just couldn't log in. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Have you actually cancelled it or have you done I have cancelled it now, yeah. And should yeah. and everything else you get. I don't know. I genuinely I, I I'm in a constant state of I don't know if I've got movie or not. <laughs> Weird one. Um Okay, so I'll do the ones that I watched on my own first then. <coughs> um, there is not many. That's fine. So I um on the plane out. Very exciting times. I watched First Street 1994. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't manage to fall asleep, so I missed the landing. 
Nearly broke your hand, didn't I? You did a little bit. Don't like landing. No, you don't. It's fucking... They hit the ground really fast. It's up late. Anyway, Fair Street 1994. It's just a fucking banger. And I would have watched the other two were I not just voraciously reading the entire time we were away in the sun. Yep. Um, And then what did I do on the way back? I read. Um, So, yeah, Fair Street 1994 is fucking great as a trilogy they are they are really really good films I think the one time I looked across over our boy Fred was on screen that was about it you are the one time I looked over the boy my boy Fred was on screen oh yeah Fred he's a good dude yeah and I was like fucking Fred you did you did <laughs> and the, do that. The, the person who was sat next to us looked at us a bit weird she looked at you a bit weird yeah fuck her I did tap you at one point as well and got you to look over when that girl I can't remember her name now was getting fed through the meat grinder. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was that's good times. No, Slicer, on it? Meat yeah, Slicer. Meat slicer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grim. Um, Insidious, I watched on my own as well. Um, I've already mentioned about Insidious. Mm. We were recording at that point, weren't we? Yeah, we were. It's, it's just really solid. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad they're making another one. Um, watched most of Insidious Chapter 2 as well, so... Again, I talked about that earlier. Um, oh, and that's that's it for stuff I've watched on my well, own. Well, we watched... I, I, I only watched Romance in the Stone on my own <laughs> uh, because I couldn't sleep one night while we were away. Mm. Um, and so I, I watched that because... But what we'll say here is we had... Um, we'll, tell, we'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of Holly chat as well afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there was a TV in the living area, wasn't there? Yes. And there was a TV in the bedroom. Yes. And it was a sliding door that separated them, wasn't it? Yes. So, but the problem was, if you had the sliding door open, the remote, they were both the same TV. Mm. So the remote worked for both of them. So if you turned one on, they both went on. Mm. Did do that. <laughs> so you had, you had to close the sliding door. And because you were asleep, I was still like, ah, oh, fucking that sliding door's open a crack. I don't want to turn this TV on. And it's a blast something out as well on the other side. So I watched Romance of the Stone on the, uh, the MacBook. Um, Sort of laid, chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Manchester's fucking great. Yeah, we've talked about it a few times. Yeah, I only, I only watched it because we've been discussing t- Cartagena uh, earlier in the yeah, day. Yeah, we did get into a, a lengthy back and forth about Cartagena. Yeah, we did. Um, so, yeah, um, there was that. Uh, but we did also watch Freaky, didn't we? We did. Now, there was a minor problem, wasn't there, with the, the TVs in the rooms? Getting them logged onto Netflix? Well, no, the boy, we got them on Netflix eventually after asking reception and we got that all sorted. And they were nice 4K LG TVs, weren't they? Oh, the fucking motion The one major problem was the remotes were locked so you couldn't access certain bits. Settings was one of them. And settings was one of them. And fucking motion smoothing was on. <laughs> motion smoothing is the worst thing that could ever happen to a movie. Mm. So we watched... We Everything watched, looks like an episode of EastEnders. Yeah, we rewatched Freaky, didn't we? Yeah. Um, uh, how was that? Freaky's fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's nowhere near as fun as the um, Happy Death Day movies. No. Um, and it's... Intentionally, it's having Vince Vaughn play it as Vince Vaughn being weird as a teenage girl. Mm. 
And I think that there's maybe a few too many iffy bits in that. But I don't think that's Vince Vaughn. Or I don't think it's Christopher Landon. I think it's just... Right. That, that was always going to be awkward. It was always going to look weird and bits like that. Mm. But it's it, it's quite sweet at points. It's quite fun. It's quite gnarly. It's quite nasty. And yeah. it's a little... It, it's a bit silly, as it should be. But yeah. I still don't know how I feel about this movie. I liked it. Yeah. The It's fun enough. The son just... trying to pretend that he's straight at one point and his mum just going... No. <laughs> yeah, life is good. It's quite amusing. Uh, and the, the silliness of it. I think There's... Catherine Newton does better as a middle-aged man trapped in a girl's body yeah. than Vince Vaughn does as a teenage girl trapped in a middle-aged man's body. It, yes. It also has one of those those like jokes that like Ted has one that I know is one of Ian's personal favourites of the we're going to play a little game. All right, should I wash my hands first? I think, wait, well, that's a fucking weird question. <laughs> it, it has one of those moments in it where when he when Vince Vaughn wakes Sorry. up the first time as, you know, it's her in his body mm. thing and the other hobo comes in asking to try and buy drugs off him. Yeah. And he's like, do I look like a, do I look like a 19-year-old girl? And he's like, wait a minute, you are on drugs. Yeah, you do look like a 19-year-old girl. I don't look like a 19-year-old girl. And he runs off and the hobo shouts, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> and then he goes, and there's a pause and he goes, all of it. It's <laughs> a fucking weird thing to add on, but made me laugh a lot. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. Didn't he also grab his boob when he wakes up as well? Oh, as the girl, yeah. Uh, uh, where, where, yeah. Which is kind of like, you're going, yeah. You, you would, I you think. You would. Yeah. If I woke up as a boy, I'd, I'd check out what my dick looks like. Yeah. If I woke up as a girl, I'd be like, is it weird if I touch these? <laughs> kind of feels a little bit like I'm crossing a line, but <laughs> I fucking don't know. I'd ask a few more questions first. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I would ask a few more questions and be like, I can't. Can I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, so, no, yeah. it definitely has its moments. I just... The Vince Vaughn's teenage girl with the teenage girl mannerisms is just too creepy. It is, but he, he does play it quite well. He doesn't go, he doesn't go silly with it. Mm. No. But yeah, it's it, it's fun. Uh, Vince Vaughn, there is a, a a little bit of Vince Vaughn like like you, you could almost pause the movie, like and jump into it and watch Vince Vaughn go. Do you regret saying yes to this? He's going. I'm enjoying it. But I am also realising that it's a bit weird just hanging out with these kids all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems a little bit like that. Like he's got a bit tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so otherwise, for me, I have discovered that one of my favourite things is sitting in really warm sunshine and reading. Yeah. Um, so I polished off three books while I was away. Yeah. And not like... I, Thin books like you would read. I mean, all oh, right, Ian. So you know, last week we were saying about mm. Mark was like, even I'm taking a couple of books, and I was like, but you can't even yeah. read. Do you know how many books yeah. you read? Do you know how many pages you read while he was away? Please, none. That's not true, actually, because I read some of the Martin Scorsese book. I don't count. Still read it. How much of it? Uh I read about 
the first third of it. He's been saving Fletch for when we go on holiday to read since I got him it for Christmas or your birthday? Birthday. It's in November. So like six months ago. <coughs> Took it with him. Didn't read a fucking scrap of no. it. Yeah. Took it out to the sun lounge with him one day. Well, the, 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 well, the thing is, what we have noticed is that I am like a reverse Superman thing with the sun. If I spend too much time in it, mm. it makes me tired and crabby. Yeah, whereas I, I have I have the frame of mind of if the sun is out, I am outside. Yeah, so I, I occasionally would play football manager in the shade. Yeah, in the... Like a goblin. Right. <laughs> so the, the apartment was set up as like, you've got your entrance hall and then the bathroom was to the right and then there's like a living area with... And then there's the sliding door that Matt mentioned before and then there's the bedroom on the other side of it. Then there's the doors out to the... Balcony. Swim up pool, balcony. Swim up pool bit, area yeah, yeah. Bit, yeah. So Which, Mark would go inside... But not just like into the bedroom and lay on the bed with the sun coming in through the door, like into the living area. Not all and the time. Close the sliding doors. <laughs> I did, I did that mm. a couple of times. A lot of the time I play it on the balcony, on the not the balcony bit, but the 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 bit that wasn't the swimming pool area. Mm. There, I play it there as well. Oh, it was really good. And we didn't have sun lounges. We had a massive sun mattress. Yeah. It's like a like a canopy with a mattress on it and two big massive. Comfy pillows on it. Yeah. We also got very snobby, didn't we? Yeah. So, effectively, it was... The rooms that you could have at this resort are like a normal room, a sea view room, a swim-up room, or there was like cabins and <coughs> pillars, wasn't yeah. there? Um, and we had a, a swim-up room that had a shared pool mm. with the other like three swim-up rooms that were part of that. Mm. And then there was, there was like a main pool area as well, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the resort had a private beach and bits like that. Mm. Um, but people kept on coming uh, to our shared pool bit, didn't they? Because there were sun lounges at the other side. Mm. And sitting around our shared pool bit. And we were getting a little bit like, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. We, we've paid extra, we've paid extra for that for this pool. <laughs> well, it's not wrong, though, is it? No, it's not wrong. Um, yeah. But the hotel was... The resort complex was pretty fucking amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. So, what did we see, Bex? <laughs> we went to see a magician. Went to see a fucking magician the first night. You went. <laughs> so, right, they had like a the main bar had um, like a DJ on, on and had like or had singers on and bits like that, and then there was like a, a what they call a theatre bar, which was essentially where. People took kids, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and we wandered down to that on the first night to see what this theatre bar thing was. And then this fucking magician was just starting, wasn't he? Mm. Um, number one Greek magician. Yeah. Um, and it was fucking great, wasn't it? It was really <laughs> it, was, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, yeah. This magician that was there. So, the second... And the, 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 the entertainment that was on the main bar was on a lot later, wasn't it? That was until, like, nearly midnight. So yeah. we went back there and we caught a little bit of DJ George, didn't we? We did catch a bit of DJ George. But then the next night we had our food again, didn't we? And went down to see what the fuck was on no, next. No, no, because the next day we remembered that the, uh, oh, the entertainment board. was on like an easel outside of the theatre bar. So we made it our routine to have breakfast and then go for a walk down to the beach, past the theatre bar and check the easel to see what was on, didn't we? Yeah. 
And it was acrobats, wasn't it? It was acrobats. So we went and saw the acrobats, didn't we? We did. The next night. We did. And that was good. And then the next morning, we had a walk down, and it said that it was a bubble show. No, it wasn't. It was pop icons the next night. The dance show. Oh, God, yeah, it was. So it was pop icons, which we didn't know was a dance show, did we? No. So we saw a bit of the drifters, which weren't actually the fucking drifters. No. And then we went down to pop icons that we thought was a... Um, like a singing show. A singing show, because yeah. that's what it made out at. Turned it was a dance troupe, wasn't it? Yeah, they weren't very good. I thought it was fucking great. I thought she did. <laughs> we watched that. Then the next night it was supposed to be bubble show. That never happened. No, we got there and the, the, we, it obviously just... We'd missed it. We had missed it. We'd missed it. We we we, we didn't notice on the post that it said it started at eight. Yeah. And then the, yeah, you got us done fucked up. And it was a kids yeah. bubble show. Kids bubble show. Which, which Mark decided... And I'm right on this. Must it, mean that there's an adult bubble show. If you emphasise that it's a kids bubble show, not just a bubble show, it, it but, infers that there's an adult right. bubble show at some point. Is there a chance? Is there a chance that you would get adults inferring that it meant phone party? <laughs> Possibly. No, because on the picture it was a man playing a really big bubble. A bubble, yeah. yeah. But we missed that. And the next night was supposed to be a circus. Yeah, and it just never happened. happened. Yeah, then there was nothing else on that night. But that did mean, though, that we got to go and witness uh, Single Singing Man. Single Singing Man was good, yeah. <laughs> so there's so a sign that she said, Single Singing Man. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and he was fucking great, wasn't he? You loved his alien song, didn't he? He sang this song about an alien. And it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. He was good, good, was he? To the point of where I then went, no. I need to know where this fucking, I, mean, I fell in love with an alien song came from. So I did some research, didn't I? Yeah. And found it. Yeah. Who wrote it, Becky? I can't remember now. Oh, God, Mark Foster. Yeah, the guy who wrote the song was called Great. Mark Foster. I was like, of course it was. Oh, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were listening to English, uh, to the single singing man whilst playing Uno. <laughs> In yeah. the bar. Fucking Uno's a revelation. Yeah. And there was a lot of people playing Uno, wasn't there? There was a lot of card games going a on. A lot of card yeah. games going What we'll say there is, Germans, because there was a lot of Germans there, wasn't there? A lot of, like, it was very Germanic, the, the place, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Germans love sitting in a bar, getting hammered, and playing fucking card games. And, uh, did you know what, though? Uh, uh, do you know what? Them? It's fucking great. Yeah. Germans have got it down. They have, yeah. <laughs> it's all like grated carrot for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, another Germanic thing. Great carrot for breakfast, apparently. Yeah, what a place out. Tried it, it's fucking great. Loved it. <laughs> you had you had pancakes with chocolate and peanut butter most days, didn't you? For breakfast, yeah, I got into a routine with breakfast, mm. yeah. We ate well, didn't we? A lot of cake. Oh my god. Did you take any pictures of the cake? I, yeah, a few, I think, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> at the buffet. Um, so there's the, obviously there was, there was the four a la carte restaurants and then the other three nights it was like go to the buffet or pay for an a la carte booking or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, the buffet was really good so we were, we were happy to do that, weren't yeah. we? Um, so we'd we'd go in, pick a table and one of us would go up then the other one would go up or we'd both go up or whatever. Yeah. Get our main courses, sit down and Becky would usually go for seconds because she's a pig. Um of things that she hadn't been able to fit on a plate the previous time. Um, and then eat that. And then go up and there's like a dessert table. And there's obviously, there's all the um, baklavery type things because, you know, grease. Um, 
there's fruit and Greek yogurt and honey, but there was all these weird, like little individual, really pretty cakes, weren't there? Hmm. Um, there was also like the slice ones that you could and slice the, up. the ones you could slice up, yeah. Um, but all like bonkers colours, yeah. As well, no indication as to what flavours they were because nope. there was no little signs or anything. Nope. So Mark would just go up every night and just get like either like massive slabs of cake or like the little individual ones, but like a plate full, like full. I'd go up and get like two, and they'd be like rolling around on my plate like a pee on a drum, and Mark would come back with like five. <laughs> Basically, it was like every single one. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. My plate. Ridiculous. Yeah. They did look good there. They did. Um, and then what else was there? Oh, so yeah, so there was the beach bar where I rediscovered all of the hot dogs. Yes. But they didn't, Ian. Right. So they they made up your hot dog and then they put it on a panini press. So the bread was all like crispy. They they were great. It was wild. Huh. I had like that sounds nice. Yeah, it was really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack out my George Foreman grill and try and recreate it. I got I got the piss taken out me by the woman from that bar. Yeah, because you wanted so the the beach bar no pool bar did the same cakes as the buffet. Um, so Mark went up to, and asked for, can I get one purple guy and one yellow guy, please? And she just laughed at him. Good. I thought that, but it made sense for yeah. which one yeah. to go for. That and she, yeah, she collapsed from laughter, didn't she? She did enjoy it. And then came back and made me say it again, yeah. and then laughed at me yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> and then put them both on a plate and went. No, no. There then she she asked you if you would please. Can you point out the different guys? <laughs> yes. It's like, well, that's the purple guy. That's the the yellow guy. Obviously. And then she put a plate and went. There's your purple and yellow guys. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so the pool bar that did the hot dogs and stuff was open until like half past uh, 12, 12 at, night. at night so i think it was after we went to see single singer single singer man, yeah we went back to the room didn't we with some drinks from the bar yeah and then we sat there and i was like do you know what i want a hot dog so i just took a little stroll back in and got a hot dog yeah good <laughs> brought it back to the room it's good times the buffet was literally open until like four in the morning as well yeah 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 crazy yes. place to be honest so we ate a lot we ate a lot yeah we also watched the latest episode of Ted Lasso, didn't we? We did, yeah. Are you done? No, I was talking about my books. Oh, what books were the Ted? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the um, Colorado Kid by Stephen King, which was Red. part of his... Eh? You said watched. Read, yeah. Uh, which is part of his hard case crime ones that he did for that sort of collection. Um, which is the only one I think I didn't have. Or maybe I still have one to get. Can't remember. Um... But yeah, it's basically, so most of them are, uh, are like pulp mystery books, the hard case crime stuff. Mm. Um, but this one very much sets... Out. Yeah. This one very much sets its stall out from the beginning that there is no solution to the mystery in this book. You will be left without knowing what happened. Um, and it's basically about a dead body that gets found. They find out who he is, but they never find out what happened to him. That's it. But then, so there's a bit of theme, because then I read um, a b- 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 Sputnik Sweetheart by Haruki Murakami, which hadn't twigged because I, I had I've got a couple of Murakami uh, ones to um, to read, and um, 
I, I just grabbed which one sounded best and Sputnik Sweetheart sounded like quite a compelling title. So um, turns out it was about a girl who falls in love with a woman who offers her a job. The narrator of the story is as as in Norwegian Wood. You've read Norwegian Wood, haven't you, Ian? Ian? Um, is is this lovesick guy that's in love with the girl that falls in love with the woman and then the woman takes the girl gives her a job as her essentially like her PA takes her travelling to do some like um, work bits in various different countries and then they get offered to use the villa of a guy on um, an unnamed in the book island in Spain uh, Greece and then she just goes missing and it's about like trying to work out what happened to her. But again, you never find out what happened to her. Um, but I mentioned to you now, the thing, I, the thing I really love about the books of his that I've written is that the, the point where a normal book, read, <laughs> uh, where a normal book would stop and you, you kind of, you never get any rounding out. Mm. Murakami's go past that and tell you like how the events of the story then affect the people that are left behind after after they're over um and it really gives you kind of like a sense of like a complete overview mm. uh, and i really enjoyed that so i'm looking forward to reading more um and then i read salem's lot by stephen king which is a bit more meaty than the other two so it took me more days yeah never heard of him stephen king sorry <laughs> Um, I'm sure everyone knows the story of Salem's Lot. It, a mysterious man moves into a town. Everyone gradually starts turning into vampires. Um, but it's, yeah, the, the underlying themes of how things can really quietly, quickly go really fucking wrong in, in communities that are a bit more isolated is, you know, it, it is quite... You're not reading it thinking, well, this could never fucking happen. Because it feels really like, I mean, he's, he's he's a very good writer and he's very good at what he does with regards to like character development and st- not story plotting because he don't really do that. But the, there is a lot of thought that goes into making sure everything's relatively logical within within the framework he's set up. Yeah. So it does feel like it could really happen. Um. Yeah. Finished that on the plane on the way back. That's me. Yeah. So I was saying before I really interrupted you on your book thing. Yeah. Uh, was yeah we, we we're, we're caught up with Ted Lasso. Ian, are you caught up with Ted Lasso with etc. Tonight. Uh, yes. Yeah. What did you think to the latest episode? Yeah. Good. Good. I. It, yeah, I. I'm glad that there's actually an episode with some Ted in it. Mm-hmm. Um. It feels. It feels like we're gonna get to a place where it, it's gonna set up a satisfying ending for the end of season three. I think it, it's kind of brutal how obvious it is that Ted is going to leave. Mm. Um, I almost kind of, I, I almost kind of wish we're like when people are asking them questions about season four, they're not coy about it. They just go, "Yeah, this is the last Ted Lasso." Yeah, you know, because it doesn't cut off the possibility of spin-off series. Like I was um I was listening to the radio yesterday and they had um the guy who plays the captain, the guy who plays Jamie on. 
and they were talking about season four and it was like oh you know like apple tv plus will have their snipers around and whatnot if i say anything and you know i genuinely don't know blah blah, blah. it's just like just fucking just fucking say it just say it because there's still mystery in what are the circum like what are the circumstances around how he leaves it's just it's fucking obvious yeah um but yeah i like i but the thing, I just, I want to spend time with these characters. And if it means that Ted's not going to be there, but I still get all the other characters, I'm okay with that. You know, it's like, I I want more adventures with Roy Kent. I want Jamie Tart to continue on his journey of growth while still being Jamie Tart. Um, and, you know, and just like all the other players and whatnot, the little moments they have are cracking you know like i i really enjoy that like the, the fucking the vote about like do we do the sex show or do we go to the party and then there was a one guy who was just like there's some really good tulips it's the actual lip not even like a field of tulips Aww. yeah and yeah I, I love the fact that the, the beauty of that is that while that's all going on in the background is a vase with some fucking tulips in it <laughs> i didn't know that that's brilliant <laughs> Oh, he's I, so fucking wholesome, though, isn't he? Football oh, is life. What, Dan, uh, Danny, oh, what's his name? Because he says it in his fucking celebration, doesn't he? Rojas, is it? Rojas. Don't, Danny Rojas, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. And that's the thing. Like, there are these characters who, like, you don't have to focus on them, but you're, you're glad they're there. And that's what Ted Lasso has. Just a bunch of characters that I'm glad they're there. Yeah. Um, it's... So, yeah, I, you know, we're halfway through this season now. I'm looking forward to the next one. I think this season's been good. You know, um, I, 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 you know we've been talking in the boy chat, a little bit worried about how the, the whole Nathan arc's going to end. I don't want Nathan in Richmond AFC or whatever they're going to call it. I want Nathan like, to die. I, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that, that's, I, I want him to be okay with Ted but not to then just like come back under the wing or like be the manager or something like no that character will have an arc and then he can f- fuck off and manage a- another club yeah but be okay with the people in richmond you no, know i don't i don't want that roy i don't want him to be okay with the people at richmond i want them to just cut him off he doesn't deserve it he doesn't deserve forgiveness he's a piece of shit Sorry. I, I, yeah, I mean, and agree to disagree on that. Like, I don't. The thing is, I don't want him in. There. I want him and Ted to be all right. Mm. Even if they're not like mates or anything, I just I want them to be all right. For more for Ted than for Nate to be like to be honest. Like, oh, I I, don't, I know it sounds fucking pathetic. As I keep on saying, I just want Ted Lasso to be all right. And that, you know that's that's where I'm at with it. But yeah, I roll on the next episodes. I'm gonna very much miss it when it's gone. It's just been a love, a lovely breath of fresh air. Even when things look down, like it just there's an air of, but it's gonna be all right in the end about Ted Lasso. I think especially when like the first season was like during COVID, wasn't it? Yeah because um, like they filmed it before and it was just just that kind of like bomb that y- you needed you know um, 
It's like oh god, I remember like it's just a slight tangent. Like One Division, when that came out, it was January 2021. It was the first Marvel thing in um, what like in over a year, and it was just it was Friday nights in January. It was already like the worst month of the year, but also just like the real fucking pit of COVID. And every Friday night, it was just like right, I've just got this thing that I can escape into for like half an hour, 45 minutes. And that that's what Ted Lasso does for me, but just in everyday life now. Um, it's one of the few shows I could see me just going through again at some point, just because I want to be in that world still. And uh, yeah, I yeah, I, I, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like you may find no bigger fan of Ted Lasso than me. It's good. It's a great fucking show. I, 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 it fully got me back on. Board and it was a good episode. Sorry, I know that was the original question. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a. It was a cracking episode. The the Jamie and Roy segment yeah. was just absolutely beautiful. Great. Yeah, that was. That yeah. Have Jamie be captain, Roy be manager, and the adve- the adventures of Richmond AFC. Mm. You've got good shit there. Sorry, I, I will stop now. Fucking no. love Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's great. And I, I, I'm very much looking forward to watching this week's, which I think has landed about an hour ago. Yeah. So, moving on. Uh, Missing is uh, written and directed by Will Merrick and Nick Johnson uh, and stars Storm Reid, uh, Ken Long, um, and who else? Neil Long's in there and other people are in there as well. Um, Joaquin de Almeida's in there. Uh, it's just playing just a really lovely guy. <laughs> I've seen him crop up in stuff. Who's that, sorry? Um, played Javier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I liked Javier. So, what have we got? Um, after her mother goes missing, a young woman tries to find her from home using tools available to her online. Yes. What did you think to missing? Absolute fucking banger. Um, I, I, I kind of knew I'd like it, and I don't know why. Because didn't you say last week that the trailer's been around for a long time? <laughs> I don't know why I'd never seen it before, but like, it. I really, really enjoyed searching, and I and I like that format where um, where it's it's just through screens and stuff like that. Noel messaged me today actually and recommended another one. Well, recommended in in like uh, bunny ears, speech marks, um, a different one of the same kind of format to me. So that'll be getting watched before next week. Thanks, Noel. Um, but um, yeah, I just I just think it's it, it places constraints on the filmmaker so that they have to think a bit more um, and make things a little bit more. Um, inspired to allow it to to still be sort of through through a screen um but yeah i just i I think the story of it is is really really good um you know it does keep you really kind of um like engaged throughout like really um wanting to know what's going on um so um So yeah, I think it's um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Sorry, Ian, you go. Yeah, look, I I I found it very very watchable. You know, um, I was 
like the the fact there's kind of like twists and turns like every ten minutes. You know, it, it's got that kind of compulsive kind of edge to it. Um, it. Okay, so I WhatsApped you guys at one point, and was just like, uh, "What the fuck? Oh dear." Um, and then five minutes later, went, "Oh, uh, maybe not. Sorry." And yeah, I suppose I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to get as serious. Like the revelation of what is actually happening, mm. I didn't expect that it to do that and like when the dad came back into it i was like oh fuck me are they like like were they like working for the government or something and he had to fake his death to protect them that's when i text you and then yeah. two minutes later it's like actually no he's an abusive ex-husband and she had to completely change her fucking identity then you know i was like oh shit um I, you know, Major, why would she make that clip of the last visit? I get that she would like, you know, she's lying to her, her daughter about like having a nice memory of her dad. And, uh, you know, I, sure, it felt like a contrivance. I felt that the film was being a bit manipulative of the audience and being quite clever clever and look at all the clever things we're doing when the story is actually quite you know quite a serious story about domestic abuse and like i i i i thought there was a little bit of a clanging of the tones there um yeah, the domestic abuse element, though, isn't a central conceit of the film. It is no, it is the when, well, fruition. When you of... realise what it is at the end, it reframes the rest of the film. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it, a lot of the film. That, that's the thing. It's like it's Moorish, and there's constantly twists and like the why did she change her name? Why is there no record of her? And all I'm thinking there is at some point. An FBI agent or whatever, like government agents, somebody is going to go, yeah, she changed her name because of her ex-husband, blah, blah, blah. Like that wouldn't require the daughter to do all this legwork. And when it comes to that point, like the initial kind of like kidnapping and whatnot and Ken Leung being involved in, you know, like, yeah, I... I I get that. As soon as it's government sealed records and all that kind of stuff, it's like no, no, no. Something else would kick in here, and it it, it pulled me out of it. But, but it is it is it is very 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 watchable. One of I just felt a little bit. I feel a little bit dirty for kind of like heat magazining my way through the first three quarters of this film when it turned out to be a time article <laughs> yeah i can see a point on that yeah it, it, it does it, it, it's the, the the last kind of 20 minutes and i think it's 20 minutes too long for a start off the last 20 minutes of it are a little bit like a bit jarring in the way that they deal with things hmm yeah, sorry, and just going back to what you were saying before, though. Sure. Um, yeah. One thing I guess kind of said to Mark after we came out this, um, after after we'd watched it, was I, I actually quite like the fact that she didn't find anything out 
really that they didn't like that, that helped solve the crime she found things out that kind of um that helped her understand like the situation with her mother and things like that she she found little bits out but the fbi also got to those same points and like you say with the government records she never managed to like hack in and unseal them or anything like that she just found out a different way and it's because he turned up on her doorstep um you know she she didn't actively do anything to solve that mystery it it solved itself and they would have got there eventually it's just obviously there's a certain amount of red tape involved in opening government sealed records so i, I quite liked the fact that it wasn't saying oh look the police are shit and she's finding out finding out all this stuff herself it was mm. it was just very much i think it was i think it was sort of like showing the desperation and and how you try and do whatever you could do um if to, to, to find out what had gone on but also um oh, i've lost my way with that i yeah, it also takes a bit of a pop at like armchair sleuths as well when they're all commenting on the articles. I quite like that. I don't think it takes enough of a pop at them though. It shows them in all their absurdity, doesn't it? It, it does, but it, but she also manages to get quite far and find out quite a lot of information. I'm not referring to her. I'm referring to the people that are commenting on like the videos and stuff. And but then it's also she's an armchair sleuth herself. It's just she's got more. Yeah, but she's got more knowledge because it's it's her family and she's able to like yeah. illegally access stuff by guessing passwords and things like that. She's not just watching, you know, because it references, what was it, Unfiction? Think, yeah. References that quite quite a lot in it. And it, it's kind of, it shows her enjoying it at the beginning, which I quite liked the callback to Margot Kim from searching on that as well. Um the, the un, unfiction that she's watching at the start is is about the disappearance of Margot Kim. Oh, I did, yeah, I did yeah. think that, actually, yeah. Um, but it, it shows her enjoying them and eating that up and then experiencing it from the other side as someone who is having assumptions made about their lives by people that know for absolutely fuck all. Hmm. Um, so I quite like that it, aspect of it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I, it just... There's an inauthenticity about what it's actually about at the end. And it just, there's a part of me that kind of feels like they wrote this screenplay just going like, do you know what's hot right now? Domestic abuse. Let's get that in a screenplay. And, you know, that's that's going to that's gonna sell. You know, and, and we're going to have this like trashy kind of stuff beforehand. And, but also, like, interesting, you know, this whole screen life genre is interesting. And, you know, the realisation, it's like, oh, shit, that's not her at the computer. It's the person, like, basically watching what she's doing, like, on the, like, the cloned desktop. Um, like, I thought, I thought that was good. Like, there's good kind of gotcha moments through it. And that just makes me feel icky at the end. <laughs> you know, and I, I, like, I... I was having fun with it and then I felt bad for having fun with it. I don't think it wants you to feel bad about it though. Like I say, it's 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 a solution to a mystery rather than what the whole film is about. And it's, you know, if they, if they were always going to have her as, as being an innocent party, it's just a logical reason why she would have changed her identity. As an innocent woman 
that is probably the most common reason. It is, but I do think that the, a, a more interesting ending is if she's not the innocent woman. Well, the, yeah, there is that aspect of it, but then it's a completely different film, isn't it? I, I very much enjoyed the Hayseri at the end when she realised she could talk through to her computer yeah. from the camera. Oh, yeah. That was ace. After she'd been taking the piss out of her mum for using cereal all the time. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's helped by the fact that I actually think Nia Long is a very, very poor actress. Mm. Yeah, you didn't enjoy Nia Long, did you? She's not very good. Mm. She's not in it very much, though, is she? No, she's not. But but I, 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 I don't find her anything... I don't find it ever believable as anything other than Nia Long being an actress, playing a character. Mm. Mm, fair. I I don't have enough experience of her to, to have that opinion to be honest. I thought she was thought she was fine for the bits that she had to do. Mm. Yeah, it was I enjoyed it. it it's good and it, it's very much like it, it like like you like both said, it, it's quite propulsive in the way that it works and it's it's very engaging throughout it. I like I said I do think it's twenty minutes too long. Um but it it's it does go at a hell of a speed and it is something constantly happening. That is what an interesting thing. I think it's one of the better ones of these um, these Screen Life films that are, are doing the rounds now. It, it was it, it was one of the cleverer ones. Mm. One of the ones that I, I think held up more as you're watching it. Yeah. There, for sure. Although I do think that too much of it just came a little bit too easy for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that guy basically saying, "Yeah, yeah, you can, you know, you've got. You, as long as you come in the next forty hours here, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the security footage." What? Mm. I mean, it was in Cartagena. Yeah, I think they're pretty more likely to go. Uh, give me a thousand yeah. US dollars, and I will give yeah. you the security maybe footage. I, maybe I won't give uh, an American uh, security footage after all of the things you've done to our country. <laughs> yeah. I really loved Javi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact, the fact that it's just like he's charging like eight dollars an hour, yeah. <laughs> mm. and he's just going like a transport scooter. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him trying to spell Instagram as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the um, have you got WhatsApp? I can't find face face on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's quite. But it's, it's little touches like that that make it feel. It's more immersive because it feels realer. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But I had, a, I had a good time with it. With with missing, I I I, I find it more engaged than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Perfe- yeah. Perfectly decent time. Just felt a little bit icky, like Evil Dead Rise, but it's not a thanks. I hate it. It's a definitely not shit. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit for me. Uh, and I need to look into whatever that fucking service she uses to get a house cleaned before she gets home with her parents from the airport. And it's just like, yeah, clean my house right now. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, our audience poll. Definitely not shit 33%, touching cloth 33%, and shit 33%. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, just uh, questions uh, Dylan Black Lantern says do you have any embarrassing or uncomfortable moments when watching films or TV with family members so the only thing I've got here is not necessarily embarrassing for me I, so I 
walked downstairs one night. My dad was watching Silence of the Lambs and he was in tears. And I asked him what was going on and he just said, I'm watching a very scary film. And genuinely, I think the Silence of the Lambs just got to my dad so much that he cried. I don't know how that happens. My dad wasn't a massive movie watcher, definitely not like a horror movie watcher or a genre movie watcher. And it just seemed to fuck, like, really do something to the dude. Mm. So not... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, if he, if he was still alive, I'd probably fucking ask, like, call him right now and ask him, why did you cry in Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> but I'll genuinely... It's quite a that, bleak, sad movie, I suppose. I, and, yeah, I think, I, think that's, I think that's what it is. I think it is just that it is just very bleak. But it wasn't at the end. It was part way through it. And I will never get an answer to that question. That's weird. Never thought of that. Mm. Fuck, this is a horrible question. <laughs> Who asked this question? Bex. Uh, <sighs> can't think of anything specific. I mean, obviously, there's the usual ones of watching, like, films that are... Sexy. Sexy. Not even sexy films, you know, I didn't really generally watch porn with my family or anything, but like films with sex scenes, it's always a bit uncomfortable. My dad would always, I, I wouldn't particularly get embarrassed because they, they would usually have picked the film and put it on. So there's no really, there's no frame for me to get embarrassed, but my dad would generally get up and make a cup of tea. <laughs> like those kind of things. But yeah, I can't think of anything specific. Like I've watched films with um, love scenes let's call them in with Isabel and we just neither of us are embarrassed by that because we just have more of a open dialogue I suppose about that kind of thing um with with Izzy than I ever did with my parents but um yeah can't, I can't think of any specific specifics I think is there a sex scene in the bodyguard not really not like a not like a spicy sex scene it's no. real fucking tame shit some real tame shit. Yeah, some real fucking tame shit. You're there watching fucking Salo with your dad. Now I'm watching Bodyguard and getting and dad's getting embarrassed to make. I can watch Salo with my dad. Yeah. Uh, I do watching the one the one that streams to mind that's been on my face was an Eric Roberts movie called Free Fall, mm. where just for no reason whatsoever, like he, he plays like a wildlife photographer or something in it, but he just seems to have an awful lot of sex with people on this mountain. <laughs> It's really odd, like how much sex he manages to have on this fucking mountain when he's supposed to take photos of these birds. <laughs> uh, and who are you watching that with? I've watched it with like my mum and my dad. I don't know why I watched it with both of them because I used to watch movies like often with both of them. Um, yeah, it was that. Um, yeah, that was. It was weird. I don't think it's all embarrassing. It's just it was just weird. Oh, I have got an embarrassing one with as well. Go on. Um, we watched Neverending Story and when the horse died I was like full on like I cannot watch that without full on sobbing and she just looked at me like what the fuck is wrong with you idiot <laughs> Ricky what are your most memorable cinema moments not moments in a film but moments in a cinema could be an event could be a person could be asking 
uh, a ticket attendant who looked like Rose West for two tickets to the <laughs> to the cellar instead of the circle. Yes, I did that uh, by accident. Showing of uh, Tulper at Fright Fest oh, in London. Good, uh, I, I remember that. I actually quite like Tulper. Um, just like one of the weirdest fucking experiences <laughs> I've ever had in a cinema where world premiere, no audience had ever seen this film. The director had made a well-received film previously and it's just this fucking batshit thing of a film that was just incomprehensible. And They were all there as the, well, weren't they? Yeah. And like they, they were supposed to do a Q and A at the uh, at the end and didn't because everybody was laughing pretty much all yeah. the way through the movie. It was like the big Saturday night film. Yeah. Like they really they programmed that in and just got that time slot so fucking wrong. And that was that was the fright fest that was basically deemed as like the rapey fright fest mm. if i remember correctly. Yeah. Cuz like the Elijah Wood Maniac played after that and they did that Spanish film Sleep Tight as well on the Sunday i remember. Yeah, there was also um, that that weird um Cuban one was it? Or something where there was like a weird like blowjob montage in it of her just like blowing off loads of dudes to get money and then spitting <laughs> come out. Nice. Yeah. 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 It. Yeah. That. So. Yeah. Def. Definitely. Definitely. That. I mean, myself in a cinema just watching a film, watching it's kind of a funny story, and then just throwing a coffee cup at the screen after and basically staining Cineworld screen, I think, 11 in Cardiff for multiple years. Um, that was me. Sorry. But also they could have cleaned it. Um, big one, I think, for, for me was... When we first went to see them, I think I've said this before, but fuck it, for anyone who's not heard it before, when we went to see The Matrix. Yeah. Um, and this was obviously back when films were still shown on film. Yeah. But the, the bit where he takes the pill mm. and you've got all that stuff that starts coming up him and then goes into his mouth. Yeah. And it's about to go poof, to a white screen and it's Morpheus. Mm. The, um, the real bro, didn't it? Oh, yeah. As it was great, his mouth the real broke at that moment, and so the film went off. <laughs> but it did the full like, <laughs> and the reel gone off, and everyone kind of like sat there going, "Oh, this is clearly fucking part of the movie." And an usher had to come in and go, "This isn't part of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get the movie back on for you as soon as we can." <laughs> um, so that was a big one. Um, yeah, the Tulpa one was was, was good. Um, there's probably been a few more, uh, but yeah, that was that was that was a fun one. Um, Ethan M. Barr. Um, what about me? Oh, sorry, Max. <laughs> if we're talking in a cinema, but it doesn't have to be a movie, mm. the Lynch Locking. The Lynch Locking was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was fucking first time I ever met a Twitter person in real life as well. Oh, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was fucking great. Great, everyone with their like airbeds or like and sleeping bags and stuff like that. And if you bought one of the coffee mugs, which uh, incidentally I still have mine, um, 
from the thing you could just get unlimited coffee um crispy cream donuts weren't a thing in this country at the time either and they got them shipped in especially didn't they yeah. um and then there was like all the art installations and stuff yeah there. Oh, it was fucking great i'd love to go to something like that again yep and it was just like all of it wasn't it yeah so it was like it was it was long yeah it was like 20 it was like, like the whole thing was like 30 odd hours wasn't it yeah you had to pick you had to pick when you could go to sleep didn't you yeah because you couldn't like go through the whole thing without sleeping at all i think i chose to go to sleep during the episode where fucking james keeps singing at everyone <laughs> yeah you did yeah <laughs> not keen on that <coughs> i think i didn't sleep yeah but that, I was, think that was really good. We were like one of the like twenty three people that actually made it through the entire thing when mm. we were there from start to finish. Yeah. Um, Pretty you... fucking impressive though, <laughs> fair play. Yeah. I, I, that, I, but I was that tired that after it we left and we had like a couple of hours before our train came. Mm. So we went to the only restaurant that we found uh, on our way back to the uh, train station that um, that didn't have like that, that had spaces left was an ask, wasn't it? Mm. And um, I accidentally originally tipped three hundred pounds, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. And the woman came out and went, "Look, I know my service was good. I don't think it was this good. I don't <laughs> know what you meant to tip." <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, it was that. And so, uh, Ethan and Bar, places from films you'd like to go to on holiday. Can't uh, hear you. The capital of Colombia or Cartagena, the fictional, fictional place. The fictional place from Romance of the Stone and Commando. Commando, yes, that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's my answer. Fair enough. Ian. The thing is, it's almost just like where in the world do you want to go because you could link it to a film. Mm. Um. It, 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 like just honestly the one place I want to go like the one place I want to make sure I go to before I die and I, I will in the next couple of years is Tokyo that's but, there for you isn't it Max? yeah Kyoto Kyoto I'm sorry yeah. I want to wander around and all these the, still preserved geisha districts and be like this is weird I just like I want to I want to go to that fucking junction that's at the start of what like the fourth or fifth Resident Evil film <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there the Tokyo you go. section in that's really good. Yeah. That's in the yeah. simulation. Yeah, it's simulation, isn't it? Yeah, it's a simulation one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a really boring art. No, I, like, I, I, I think it is. You're approaching it the right it, way. It's the, but the thing is with Tokyo, and kind of Japan in general, actually, is the, it's the combination of technology, but also just like eight, like ancient tradition mm. you know just like the, the 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 culture of the japanese but also yeah the, here's a kfc <laughs> I, like it, it's like such an old cult that they embrace all these old like morals and like ways of living life but i also want to go to super nintendo world <laughs> yeah you see that might just be somewhere fucking just Really fucking like, honestly, somewhere like the fucking as random and shitty as it sounds, but like the fucking holiday in Hawaii. Yeah. 
oh, Barbados, wherever it is they go to, it, just go with it. The Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston movie just looks fucking yeah. great. Yeah, like, I know, wedding, uh, fucking, uh, what's that bloody shotgun wedding? Yeah. I'll go there. That looks fucking great, yeah. Fantasy Island. Without all of the fucking, you know, the insanity that goes with it, the place looks all right. You just want to go somewhere that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to go somewhere that's nice. Okay. Yeah. It's a good question. I wish it was more inspiring. I know, actually, no, my answer is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, the ski resort where they have the clinic where they're making those women uh, overcome their uh, their uh, phobias. If you know, you know. I'll go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what? Fucking... Ozymandias is fucking weird place in the fucking Antarctica. Yeah. That oh, like that's a, a good show. That looks like it'd be alright. It's like, just go for like a fucking weekend. <laughs> nice. Mm. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. 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 I'll just go for like a week to like, 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 the, like one of the outpost places just to see how you get on. <laughs> I still think my answer's the best. Yeah. Probably is. Probably. <laughs> right, so what are we covering next week, Ian? So, next week, we've got David Lowry's Peter Pan and Wendy. Nice. Looking forward to that. Yeah. It, it, Looking forward to it. What's, what's, is, is there a mm. cinema film next week? Are we not doing a cinema film next week? Um, is there nothing out? So I'm not sure what's out. There's, there, okay, so there's Big George Foreman, yeah, which looks that. like a sports biopic if it was also religious. <laughs> which, which is just like ticking zero boxes for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't. I, I, yeah, I can't say I've really got that much interest in that. Um, got polite society, which is um, <coughs> a merry mashup of sisterly affe- affection, parental disappointment, and bold action. Police polite society follows martial artist in training Ria Khan, who believes she must save her older sister Lena from her impending marriage. After enlisting the help of her friends, Rhea attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. It It's like a sister drama, but there's action in it as well. Mm. Look up the trailer. Because it's... Just, cause no, not, not, not right now, the but only look up the trailer. Out is the unlikely yeah. pilgrimage of Harold Fry. And I, I there, yeah, there's no that. fucking chance in, in hell I'm watching that. No. Um, have a look at the trailer for Polite Society. Let me know what you guys think. If you're up for seeing it, I'll I'll go see it. Right, we will have a we will have a look. So yeah, well that was episode four hundred and ninety. Enjoyed that. Thank you yeah. much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. D- d- well, yeah, thanks. And thank you very much, listeners. And we shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>